Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to yet another episode of the Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's nerdy news from Jakku to Hell's Kitchen and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? I feel like there's a lot of lot of distance between Jakku and Hell's Kitchen. A considerable amount of distance and time. Yeah. Since one of those uh, happened... Might not exist because it took it's such a long, long time ago, a long time ago, and so far, far away. It's true. So we don't know the fate of Jakku. We don't know how long ago it was, but we know it's far away. But we did learn far, that far there's away. a possibility our galaxy exists in that galaxy. Well, or in that galaxy's canon, in that universe, right. yeah, in that galaxy's yeah. canon is probably a better way to say it. Because now we know that multiple galaxies exist. So all bets are off, I guess. And we're already off on a Star Wars tangent. Okay. I know, yeah. Maybe we should start the show before we start <laughs> just the most dense conversation about... Not even, <laughs> right, down directly even, into the weeds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, this is hey, how we everybody. do on the Multiverse Report. Welcome uh, to the Multiverse Report. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, you know, did notice an uptick in uh, in some subscribers on uh, on various social platforms and that appreciate all of you um yeah it's been uh been a been a ride uh if any of you are checking us out because you checked out the g willow wilson uh interview which was awesome uh many thanks to her uh as well as the jay stevens interview we just did a couple weeks ago as well uh thank you guys for for showing up uh thank you so much the links to both of those are in the show notes uh we're gonna keep them there for a while because they were both really cool interviews yeah um and yeah, again, shout out to G. Willow Wilson for being so generous with her time, um, entertaining uh, my uh, Batman fan joke, but uh, not joke, <laughs> but question about Killer Croc. I just had to, <laughs> I yep. had to get that in there. Um, she was wonderful. And I know we sung her praises in the intro to that episode, but it's worth doing it again. If you haven't heard it, it is in your feeds right now, either in podcast form or on our YouTube page. You can watch us talk to G. Willow Wilson, or you can simply listen to us talk to G. Willow Wilson. Either way, you should do that. And again, as Steve mentioned, thank you for subscribing. Thanks for liking us on social media. We, you know, we Like he said, we got an influx of um, followers and subscribers from that. So thank you all very, very much. We hope to have her back. We hope to have other interviews in the future. But this is our, uh, those of you that may be joining us for the first time, this is our regularly scheduled program, Sunday nights at 9.30ish. We uh, do a weekly nerdy news recap show, and uh, that's what we're going to do tonight. Right, Steve? Absolutely. Now, you say Absolutely. regularly scheduled, and all I can think of is like Tom Brokaw breaking in with uh, with news and then back to your scheduled programming. But yeah, I'm yeah. Probably dating myself with this reference. A little bit. Yeah. yeah a little yeah. bit. But yeah. it's okay. I got it. I got it. I think I'm I'm sure a lot of the people that listen to this are are also understanding. I mean, I could have dropped a Walter Cronkite. Well, yeah, then you would be inaccurately uh, dating yourself. Yes. Also true. Um, But yeah, uh, we yeah. Anything else we want to hit off the top before we dive into some cool as shit things? Um. I don't know. I, I think I'm good. Uh, we're sponsored by Funky Town Comics in Camillus, New York. 
So um, that's something we could hit. Funky Town yeah. Comics. And you should hit Funky Town Comics. You should. They actually, they, uh, they, they even gave us a book to talk about later in the podcast. Like they do every week. Oh. Oh, I believe oh. we got the same book this week. Um, well, I didn't get a book this week because I was very busy and then I was out of town for part uh, of the oh, week. Oh, hmm. I wonder what we so should do with I, this then. Uh, I, I have I have a book. Okay. But it's just one that I happen to buy and read. Yeah. Were you expecting us to have read the same book? Jesse said he was going to give it to both of us. So, yeah. Oh, well, I didn't show up to get it. So, well, sorry, there you Jesse. Go. Um, <laughs> You know where uh, where you guys can also show up to buy things besides Funky Town Comics and Vinyl? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I know this one. I know this. Mike, where? Uh, the Horticulture Building at the Great New York State Fairgrounds on March 16th and 17th for Syracuse Collectors Con. Absolutely. Nailed, nailed it. it. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. Yep. We're going to be there. We're going to have a table. Uh, podcasting. I'm gonna have a table selling comics, and uh, Funky Town Comics is gonna be there as well. They're sponsoring the whole shebang, so be there. Tickets on sale now. Yep. Now you can get them at Funky Town. You can get them at Syracuse Collectors Con website. Uh, I believe so Larger Than Life you can as well. Uh, I think. Oh, cool. Uh, and then, yeah, there's gonna be multiple comic vendors there, including uh, the aforementioned Funky Town Comics and Vinyl. Uh, the uh, there'll be multiple signings from Power Rangers and others. I believe April O'Neil is going to be there. Uh, uh, and a, a multitude of Ninja Turtle yep. voices, I believe, will be there. So uh, you can hit those up if you want to. I know Retro Game Con is going to have a, a section going on there. Um, so, yeah, there's a, a multitude of things happening. Um, yeah. I want to say I heard something about like a wrestling ring or something. I don't oh, know. really? Yeah, there, there was things were all sorts of over the place. So uh, I'd say keep an eye on the websites and socials for Syracuse Collectors Con as well for any of these updates. Uh, and we'll try and feed you as much as we can. Yeah, uh, we sure will. We sure will. Um, so, yeah, let's dive into some stuff tonight. We're talking. Uh, we got some Marvel stuff. We got some light DC stuff. We're talking Oscar nominations a little bit later. Nothing too crazy there uh comic stuff we got some one shots we're gonna round it out with we got a, a franchise that we seldom talk about uh, appearance of a uh you know it's always it's always fun when we get a franchise we have a reason to talk about a franchise we don't often talk about uh so we'll see what roads get let we lead ourselves down when we get to that but we're starting off in the aforementioned galaxy far far away mm-hmm. um which steve i happen to think that star wars I mean, if you asked me, if you said, hey, Mike, describe Star Wars in three words. Those three words would probably be cool as shit. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. And I think it was uh, cool. accurate to cool to someone who may be tied into said Star Wars. <laughs> it's tied, tied into a Star War or two. Yeah. Um, hey, because you know what? Sorry, before we actually get to the story, just one more real, one more tangent on the topic of things being cool as shit, specifically <laughs> Star Wars. Like that's a lot of the reason that we like characters in star Wars. Like, you know, like the cool thing about star Wars, how like every background character has a name and an action figure and like a a storyline or a comic book, you know, like we know the names of every alien in that cantina or whatever. Um, that happens because they just look cool. They're just cool as shit. Like that's why Boba Fett, such a huge character, despite having barely any screen time for 30, 45 years or whatever, like he just looks cool as shit. So, um, I uh, I started this segment with a joke being those three words to describe Star Wars, but it's kind of accurate. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. 
Um, but anyway, we're not the only ones that think Star Wars is cool as shit, as Steve was saying. The one and only Daisy Ridley, Ray herself, was interviewed by Variety this week. A very uh, pretty lengthy, in-depth interview about... She got a new movie coming out called uh, Sometimes I Think About Dying, which I've heard really good things about. And she talked about that. And obviously, she was asked about her role in the new Jedi Order film. Uh, still don't know the title of that. That's just like the working title. Everyone seems to be referring to it as New Jedi Order. Uh, the interviewer asked her, how will the franchise's first female filmmaker impact the series? Referencing the fact that this new film is being directed by Charmaine Obeid Chinoy. Um, award-winning documentarian and the first uh, woman to direct a feature film in the Star Wars franchise. How will the first female filmmaker impact the series? Daisy Ridley said, the short answer is, I don't know. I'm excited to do the job, but not because Charmaine is a woman. Her documentaries are amazing. Her idea for the story is cool as shit. That's where we got that quote from. No spoilers, but she gave me a rundown of the entire story. If it weren't amazing, I would have been like, Okay, call me in five years, but it's worthwhile. I think that's a pretty telling statement. I mean, yeah. not that like she's going to say anything else, but the fact that she was like, I, I, I completely believe this too. I believe this because she's already done three movies. It hasn't been that long since, you know, it's only been through since 2019, which. That's feels, five years, Mike. That's it's simultaneously, years. <laughs> it simultaneously feels like a long time and no time. Yeah, but I but I say it hasn't been that long compared to other gaps in Star Wars film content, you know, like the 30 years <laughs> between the original trilogy and the prequels or the additional 20 years between the end of the or 10, I guess, 10 years, I guess, between the end of the prequels and the sequel trilogy. Like this is a pretty short amount of time Yeah, for a character to do an actor to be coming back. Um, So 22 years on the first one for the record, 77 to 99. Okay, Steve. Okay. Actually, it's less be... than that if you want to go from 85. If you want to go from 85 to 99. Mm, touche. It's less than that. Touche. Which makes my point. That's what I get for being a semantic but anyway. jackass. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for hosting a, being a semantic jackass that hosts a podcast with another semantic jackass. <laughs> the, the thing with this Ridley quote, though, like, uh, it's, it didn't, I don't know, it's, I'm a guy who normally, like on my sports podcast I host, I'm translating coach speak and all like them sure. saying stuff without saying stuff. And actors do the same thing. Like it's yeah, very sure. much a, oh, we're on the press tour. We have to speak it up and do this whole thing. And this isn't the like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be good. You, you know, Charmaine's got something good going, et cetera. It's like it just seemed genuine. Or yes. like, yeah. the, and it's not like we saw video on it or anything, but like the written quotes verbatim seem much more yeah. fluid and genuine than if it was like a stock. Oh yeah, we're you know we're we're gonna come up with something good in the script, and we'll we'll have right. uh you know it, it'll it'll all come together and whatever. It, it seemed very emphatic. Yeah, the the part where she says, "If it weren't amazing, I would have been. I would have said, call me in five years.'" To me, that seems like I believe that. Right, I believe that because like. I think we talked about we were talking about quotes that she said last week on the show, too. And, you know, she's not leading any other franchise. Star Wars is clearly her like biggest um, role that she has in her career. But like, I don't know, it's not like she was pounded on Lucasfilm's door for another 
Ray movie. Like they came to her, they right. had the idea. And then she said, you know, so I, I think she would have been fine going longer without coming back yeah. to the franchise. I believe when she says that, you know, call me in five years, I believe that for sure. Um, and then saying it's worthwhile. So it means that she believes it's like a story that is worth telling, um, yeah. which I think is important <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean, well, it is and it isn't because, you know, we didn't so many people we didn't think solo was worth telling exactly and there's a lot of people that don't still don't think it was worth telling but i think it's a great movie and like maybe like i didn't need i've said this a million times i didn't need that movie i didn't need to see a hot solo origin movie i didn't need obi-wan kenobi yeah but i got it and i loved it both those things so great again star wars you give me more i'm watching it so (laughs) awesome but if you're telling me it's worthwhile yep even you know a bigger feather in your cap, Star Wars. Now, on the flip side, if you want to hear a rant where Mike and I don't agree about Star Wars, go back two weeks <laughs> uh, discussing various things surrounding the Mandalorian and the Grogu movie. Uh, yes. Man- Mandalorian Which and the again, Grogu. Actually, if they titled it Mandalorian and the Grogu, I probably the would be Grogu. more excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, no. I, it would be great if they started referring to him as the Grogu <laughs> instead of just Grogu. That'd be great. Yep. Um. But again, Steve, not to uh, tear open old wounds, but, you know, just because it's a thing that we don't think that we need doesn't mean it's not going to be a great movie. Oh, yeah. Just like we talked about through that. Like, if if this was something where uh, you've got a couple options, you've got either it was a treatment for or season four where they were like, you know what, this is going to work better as a movie. Let's do it as that. If that's the case. Sure. Awesome. Great. Yeah. whatever yeah. uh you you have an idea that's fully cooked and you're not throwing it together willy-nilly or yeah. it's something where you know maybe favreau went was like favreau and Filoni are you know sitting on the couch uh watching the watching the game on a sunday afternoon and like <laughs> holy shit we got this great idea like yeah, let's yeah. go to kathy about it and like get this made like either of those options or something similar of like hey this is an actual good idea sure yeah my biggest the the crux of my consternation about this was it felt like because of the timing and that it wasn't included in the big dump that they had just done that it was something coming from the studios yeah i think it's funny that we had that big uh disagreement two weeks ago and we've relitigated it last week and and also this week it's like we can't we can't get get rid of it we're still trying to get back to common ground a rift a rift has opened. I feel like we're podcast. we're getting closer. <laughs> also, uh, Watkins, I, I have to lean into it because Watkins did uh, specifically say he he enjoys uh, crotchety Steve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like crotchety Steve too. Um, uh, to your point, real quick before we get back to what we're talking about with Star Wars, uh, uh, I I think it's possible about Mandalorian and Grogu. I think it's possible that. Maybe it wasn't the original idea for season four, but it could have been an idea they had. That right. They were like, oh, it'd be really cool if we could do this, but we definitely just, we just don't have time for it. Right. And Something that came out of know, the brainstorming they sessions. Have a, and... They have a huge map on an office wall somewhere that's like Pepe Silvia Mandalorian style. season four. Yeah. If there's going to be a season five, the Filoni movie, like all that stuff. They know how everything is connected. And they're like, man, we don't have time to squeeze a, a season six of the mandalorian in or season five or whatever you know so like i guess we won't be able to do that idea oh wait can we do a movie yeah you know it could be could have been something like that so we'll see anyway back to daisy ridley talking about the new jedi order film the next question from the interviewer after she referred to the film as being worthwhile 
Uh, the interviewer said, will it be weird to make a Star Wars movie without your co-stars, Adam Driver, John Boyega, or Oscar Isaac? Because none of those three um, other stars of the sequel trilogy have been announced. As being in this, there have been some rumors that John Boyega will return. Um, Oscar Isaac has stated that he is open to returning. Adam Driver recently said that he's done. Um, but I think he said he's done because no one has offered him anything. I think if they want him to come back in some capacity, I don't think he's, I don't think he's a hard no. I think he just doesn't have any plans to come back because there aren't any plans for him right now. Right. Um, so they asked if it would be weird without her three co-stars. And she said, no, because I don't know what is or what I don't, I don't know what is what or who is who in this new movie. So much has happened for me since the Skywalker saga. I feel like a grown-up now. When I first started, I was like 20. I was the youngest on set. It took me the first two Star Wars films to feel worthy of being there. Now I'm in my 30s. The whole thing feels quite different. I've been able to work with other filmmakers, and hopefully I've gotten better as a performer. I think she's always been a tremendous performer, for sure. I think she's a great actor. Um, and uh, so... She doesn't, she's saying she doesn't know who else is in it or what else is in it. I don't know what is what or who is who. Um, and that could be a, and she kind of pivots really quick to how different of a person she is kind of spinning around. So I don't know, maybe she knows something, maybe she doesn't. Um, Steve, do you have any opinions as to if any of those three should appear in this movie? Would you, would you rather, would you rather have this be a movie that, it's Ray and a completely new cast, or would you like to see some other familiar faces pop up, whether they be sequel trilogy characters specifically, or like BB eight or Chewie or something that uh, someone still could be around. Well, they're titling it new Jedi order for one. So hopefully uh, a moon on serpent doesn't fall on Chewbacca like it did in the original new Jedi order books. Yikes. Um, yeah. So in the, in legends, uh, Chewie was the only one of the original four that died. Oh boy. Um but in my brain bad, like bad decision. Yeah. Agents. I in all honesty it was great at the time because nothing it was the like for the 10 years of books at the time nobody was touchable in sure. you know it was plot, plot armor like crazy for everybody yeah. and to have something like that happen you're just like oh okay. Finally a, a like, game changer finally. Yeah. Oh yeah, like there was uh, reading through that book and I'm like Oh, there's no way they're gonna. Holy shit! Wow! Like they just killed Chewie, and oh, this is man. in my brain. I'm just like I can't rationalize it. I would um, hate that. It was very contentious when it happened. Yeah, but I at the same imagine. time, like after after it happened, the way it was able to affect the rest of the storytelling was it. It was good. Like they they did a good sure. job with it. Um, they followed through. Right. Now that yeah. said, which is a complete tangent, um, for the question you asked me, if they make a new Jedi Order movie without the only other force sensitive we know in the new cast, uh I think we've probably failed as a society. And you're talking about Finn? Yes. Although that wasn't specifically addressed in the Rise of Skywalker, but we all assume that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um Well no, I guess it was it? It's not said out loud, but he clearly has some force sensitivity. He, you know, he says the whole thing like someone says, "How did you know?" and he says, "A feeling," which is like right. Code for I'm using the force right now. 
you don't even know. You don't even know how much force I got flowing through <laughs> me right now. I can he doesn't it. even know. You don't even know. Um, so I, I can see that. I I but if you know if Boyega doesn't want to come back, then he doesn't want to come back. Yeah, and which is fine because then I'm all I I feel like I'd be fine either way. Of course, I would love to see three PO, R two, BB eight, Chewie, like any character that you can reasonably argue is still alive yeah. <laughs> or still functioning. Like I would love to see that, and that includes John Boyega, it includes Oscar Isaac, it includes um, Adam Driver as a Force ghost or a memory or whatever. Yeah. Um I I would, you know, give me uh Mark Hamill Force Ghost again. Oh yeah. I thought we were going to I thought we were going to get way more him in Rise of Skywalker and we didn't barely got any of them at all, but um I'll take any Force Ghost you want to give me. Um I'll take anybody or nobody, really. If it, if it's just Ray and all new cast, I'll like that too. I'll be excited for that right. as well. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to keep expectations broad at this point. For sure, because there's just no details <laughs> other than who's directing it, who's right. One cast member. So we shall see. Speaking of expectations, um, I gotta say, entries in this uh, we're again this is gonna moving into a, a franchise that we seldom talk about on this show, um, but definitely fits within the parameters of the franchises that we talk about and stuff yeah. we talk about. Um. But this is a franchise who has taught me to go in with severely low expectations. Um, honestly, lower with every every entry, <laughs> pretty much. No, so yeah, well, well, we can talk about it in a minute. Yeah, fire away. Um, <laughs> Universal has announced that they are making a new Jurassic World movie. Apologies to any Jurassic world slash park fans that i just alienated <laughs> with that intro to this segment um the hollywood reporter broke the news that uh, universal is planning to continue the jurassic franchise with a script by david kep if you know that name um or, sorry you may know that name i should say because he wrote jurassic park and also jurassic park the lost world he also wrote mission impossible uh so pretty good track record and hmm, he also wrote the last two indiana jones movies um, one of those movies I legitimately love, and the other one I think is pretty bad. But um, oh, he also wrote Spider Man. I didn't you, write that down, but he also wrote Spider Man. You're including the one that didn't happen in the indie movies. Didn't he write Dial of Destiny and Crystal Skull? What's a Crystal Skull? Oh yeah, yeah the the imaginary <laughs> yeah, one that yeah. we all thought we saw. Yep, and realized it was a fever dream. Yes, hopefully it was a fever um, dream at least. Yeah. Um. So yeah, David Kep is writing a screenplay. Sorry, has written a screenplay. And apparently um, they like it so much. And the project has been going under the radar for quite some time. So much so uh, that there are already rumors of a 2025 release date, which means they would have to start shooting it soon, like yeah. within the next few months. Um, the Hollywood Reporter article also mentioned that it would be like a new direction or a new uh, era of the Jurassic series, Jurassic World series, which I think is smart because um, I think the Jessica, uh, sorry, the Bryce Dallas, I was called her Jessica Chastain because I always get them too confused. Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard uh. and Jessica Chastain. Um, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Chris Pratt series, I think had a lot of mixed negative reviews. Um, I'm one of those people that was mixed to negative on those movies. I think it started strong. 
I the original See, Jurassic I World, I didn't. It was it wasn't Jurassic Park. I thought but it I thought cool it was idea. better than Jurassic Park three. I thought it was probably better than Lost World or close to it. Um, I I haven't seen Lost World in so long that yeah. I'd have to I'd have to revisit them, and I don't really want to. <laughs> like, well, I think, also the CG from yeah. some of that stuff doesn't hold up either. Unlike yeah, the early that's ones, true. but. Like I remember, I I found both of these, and almost why I'm relatively excited for this if they're rebooting to a new thing, right? Of like, yeah, original Lost World three, Jurassic World, whatever the one after it was, and then whatever the last one was, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, and I didn't Domin- even see the most recent one, Dominion. Maybe Dominion. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see Dominion. I heard it was bad. Yeah, no, it. same. Um, um, but, but the, I think the Trevor reset... directed one, like the original, was like I thought that was fine. Well, the didn't he do fine. the latest one too? I think he did do Dominion. I want to say I could be wrong. Nice. I think he came back for Dominion. Yes, he did. I didn't see it. Um, I thought Jurassic World was okay. I just didn't think it was like I don't know. It seemed a little hollow to me. I guess. Um, and I I know a lot of people that love that movie, so maybe it's me. You know, I. You know, not taking anything away from the people that love that movie. Um, no, but you you, you get a little. I, I I far from loved it, but it was uh, yeah, it was something I could munch popcorn to, no problem. It was certainly a great idea, like a fully functional version of the park, right? Open, yeah. Um, that was good. But if this is a if this is like a reboot or a reset or, you know, I don't know. I don't know how the third one ended, so I don't know if it's going to be a continuation or if we're just going to be like a different setting. I kind of hope it's like just different setting and different trappings all together um yeah just something radically new that'd be great well Um, i don't take much stock in rotten tomatoes but uh i do when there is a 29 percent rating on dominion so from that uh critics or audience or both uh audience score was a 77 critic or tomato meter was 29 Ooh. so yeah all right um i don't know maybe i should rewatch all of them I don't know. I'll rewatch the first one all day long. First one's great. And you know what else is great? There's a Netflix original animated series that I guess is for kids, but it's pretty intense called Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. You ever heard of that? No. It is very good. There's like four or five seasons of it. It's very good. And it is shockingly intense for a kid's show. There are like times when I was on watching it with my son on the edge of my seat. Like I was like, huh. whoa, my God, what, what? It's crazy. It's very, very good. Um, huh. It takes place between Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So like these, it's like a kids that win this contest to like be a part of, you know, to spend a week at Jurassic World or whatever. And that happens to be the week where the park goes to shit and uh, they get stranded there okay. on the island. Um, so it's them surviving, you know, through four seasons or whatever it is it's very very good i highly recommend it if you are a fan of the jurassic world franchise jurassic park franchise um you can watch it again it's four kids but it's great i uh i'm now looking i I googled that quick uh the voice cast uh jenna ortega yeah dude and ryan potter who uh was beast boy and titans yep so and they have some good like uh there's like a character uh bradley whitford comes in to do a recurring character in one oh, of the wow. seasons and stuff like they get some good voice actors for sure Haley joel um, osmond yeah hmm. right jamila jamil wow yep james james arnold taylor himself 
nerd royalty when it comes to voices. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this is a good one. (laughs) It's a good show. So if you are, uh, if you're looking for something that's better, maybe, uh, Maybe more critically well received than uh, the last couple <laughs> Jurassic World movies. Check out Jurassic World, uh, Camp Cretaceous on Netflix. My son watched the entire thing, and then like a year later, he watched it when he was like maybe five, going turn or early six. Yeah. And then uh, like a year later, he's like, I don't really remember mu- this much about this show. And I was like, Oh, you loved it. Let's watch it. And he started watching. He's like, This is scary. I was like, Yeah, I know, but you've already seen all of it. You don't remember this at all. He's like, No, it's too scary. I don't want to watch it. So I was like, Well. <laughs> You've already seen all of it when you were younger. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love, it boggles my mind when kids do kid things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, do you have anything else to say about Jurassic Park slash world? No, it seems fine. Like, could be good, yeah. could be bad. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Going to have to see more. I mean, David Kep clearly is like a good, you know, what he's doing script wise most of the time. Right. Least, I mean, you know? of of the you have one, two, three, four, five things listed, and of that one, two, three of the five are very good, and the other two are movies. But also, like when you're thinking, you're thinking of Crystal Skull, right? Yeah, and Lost World. Lost World, yeah. But like, Lost World's based on a book. You know what I mean? No, so he's adapting. Yeah, it is. Technically, yes, but it was not based on a book. I know dude. What, what actually happened in that movie was nothing <laughs> like what happened in the book. Okay, fine. I will pivot my The uh, the words and the title are based on the title <laughs> of a book. Beyond that, the similarities drastically different. Uh I will I will uh pivot my argument <laughs> to, <laughs> to the Indiana Jones franchise. I think Crystal Skull was based on an idea yep. that George Lucas had. So George Lucas was like, "Hey, David Cap, right. write Right, I have this terrible idea for an Indiana Jones movie. Write a script, right? So, and we all know how not, well that I, can go sometimes. I don't know that you can blame it fully on David Cap. Also, I'll say I have a soft spot again. I haven't seen this in a long time. I have a soft spot in my heart for Jurassic Park three. I would oh, yeah. say that I would rather watch Jurassic Park three than the Lost World Jurassic Park. Was that? Uh, it's the one that Sam Neill came back for. Is that the one with um, Taylor and yeah. uh, yep. William H Macy? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Because to me, it was just like, uh, it was like, hey, look, we know why you're here. You want to see people trapped on an island, running from dinosaurs. Let's bing, bang, boom, yeah. get you there right now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Oh, I trust me. All this, I've like, seen Jurassic dark. Park 3 on TNT like 75 times <laughs> growing up. But yeah, yeah. like, me too. Yeah, it, me was, too. <laughs> it was one that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But as an actual movie, not great. As, a, yeah. as an entertaining yeah. piece of spectacle. Yeah, it was yes. great. Yes. And I think I forgive it more because Lost World was like the direct follow up to Jurassic Park. So like that's like immediately weighed down with expectations. You know, when you're at number three and number two was what it was, you're a little more forgiving when number three is just like a a popcorn action fest. You know, anyway, speaking of action. Absolutely. Moving on into Marvelville. uh, Being reported this week from comicbook.com. That Bullseye is back for Daredevil Born Again. That's right. Last week, we uh, talked about how um, Deborah Ann Wool and Eldon Henson were returning as Karen Page and Foggy Nelson in Daredevil Born Again. And now it's being reported that Wilson Bethel yep. 
will be returning as Benjamin Poindexter, a.k.a. Bullseye, in Daredevil Born Again, Disney Plus show. Character was introduced in season three of the Netflix Daredevil show, where he was in, he impersonated Daredevil and uh, ruined his reputation, even uh, wearing his costume for the entirety of the season. Um, at the end, he is defeated, but the series ends with a tease, um, teasing his return. And uh, now it seems like he is actually returning. So, um, Steve, does it seem like, like we know, they announced Daredevil Born Again at Comic-Con like two years ago. Yep. And they're like, it's going to be this huge thing. It's going to be 18 episodes. And D'Onofrio's coming back. Cox is coming back. They didn't say anything about any other returning (laughs) characters at all. And uh, we were all nervous for a long time. It's pretty much confirmed that Karen Page and Foggy are not going to be in it. We're like, what the hell are you doing? Then the strikes happen. They have to re- They hit the pause button. They reorganize everything. We get these announcements like, oh, yeah, Karen's coming back. Foggy's coming back. Now Bullseye's coming back. It seems like at some point somebody like picked up Kevin Feige and shook him and said, what are we doing? There's already a version of this show that people love. Why aren't we making a right. sequel to that show? And whoever did that, thank you, because it seems like they're just straight up making Daredevil season four now, which is what we wanted from the beginning, what we all wanted and what they should have done. Like any like, again, I'm not saying that this show is going to necessarily feel exactly like the Netflix shows, because I feel like it's still going to be a little Disneyfied. It's going to be a little Disney plusified, right? A little little MCUified, but uh the fact that they weren't seemingly weren't even trying to do that originally, it would have just been the biggest whiff of all time. And I remember you and I having conversations on this podcast, telling our listeners saying, set your expectations. Now it's not going to be the Netflix show. It's not, it's just not tell yourself that right now. And now I, I I still don't think it's going to be the Netflix show, but keep your expectations where they are. Mike, keep your expectations where they are. I just don't think you have to like I was ready to be like, let's see this piece of garbage. You know what I mean? And I and especially after Echo was so good. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a piece of garbage. I still think it's going to feel like the Netflix show, but it's going to feel way more like the Netflix show when it has the recurring characters and uh, rounding out the cast with the people that were in that. And if Bullseye is coming back, maybe more of a direct continuation from the end of season three. Yeah. Which, again, seems like a no-brainer. And I don't know why it took two years and a writer's strike for them to figure out the show that they should be making. But I'm glad that they have finally arrived here. Yeah. No, that's... It, we've finally gotten back to where they wanted them to be. Yeah. Where so. it makes absolute sense for them to be. I feel like... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I feel like... Um, I feel like originally it must have been a Disney Marvel MCU thing of being like, well, okay, we're going to give you Charlie Cox. We'll give you Vincent D'Onofrio, but we're going to make it our own MCU thing. And the Netflix shows aren't going to be Canon. And we're just going to like do our own thing and fans will still love it. I think along the way they probably realized, I don't think fans are still going to love this (laughs) if it's not. Yeah. Well, I think it is because we also got, I don't remember if it was this week or two weeks ago, they came out and said, yeah, all the Netflix stuff is canon to the mcu now which they were fuzzy on for a while yeah it was kind of confirmed waffling um yeah 
And I mean, we talked about during Echo. Uh, I, I think at some point both of us shared our thoughts on it, but uh, during Echo, D'Onofrio felt very much closer to like Netflix Fisk still wasn't quite like the levels of depravity of like yeah uh, but, Netflix Fisk but, but much closer than what we saw in Hawkeye Hawkeye yes much closer and not like he was bad in Hawkeye but he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt right he's like getting his hands dirty like just like this doesn't well, feel it was, like the it, same guy right it was I mean it felt like some portrayals of Kingpin in books sure. and whatnot but yes, it wasn't yes it wasn't what we were expecting when we heard D'Onofrio was back as Kingpin it felt like a Disneyfied version of that character Hawkeye yep. did. Whereas Echo was again a little softer, but still maintained a lot more of integrity with the Netflix. Version. Um, so I think I you know my, my fingers are crossed. My expectations are still low, but I'm going in a little more. I'm I'm here. I'll say it this way: I'm more excited for the show now than I was. Um, yes three months ago or whatever yep yeah uh awesome speaking of things that i have <clears throat> strange expectations about um james gunn oh, okay uh, I, I was, story. i was trying to figure out where i had didn't have the uh the rundown up and i was like where's oh, he yeah. going with this oh real quick um i heard a i saw a rumor this week when before we go to dc stick with marvel real quick and speaking of the netflix shows i heard a rumor that there is a Iron Fist thing project in development at Disney Plus. Uh, continuing the Iron Fist show, it would be a female-led Iron Fist show. I never finished Iron Fist season two. Nope. Because I hated Iron Fist season one, and I watched every episode of it despite thinking it was terrible. And then everyone was like, hey, Iron Fist season two is way better. It's way better. It's way better. So I started watching season two, and I was like, yep, everyone's right. It's way better, but I still already don't like any of these characters from season one so we're right. not gonna watch it but i so heard wait. that the end of season two colleen wing is given oh, okay. the iron fist she inherits the iron fist power at the end of season two huh so that sets up her maybe to be the iron fist in the mcu now that that's canon who knows who knows i can definitely see them wanting to re-energize the iron fist property because now that's the one that everyone's like oh yeah the netflix shows are great but that one's terrible like right. that's a universal opinion yeah, it's like uh, you in guys a, can do what you want with that one. Yeah, in a in a world of fandom where there's almost no universal opinions, <laughs> there that is, is one. Everyone there is everyone loves the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> everyone hates Iron Fist. Those are like two canon events. Yep, to borrow a Spider Verse term. Um, so that's something that would be cool. I really I remember my favorite part of the Iron Fist series was Colleen Wing. Yeah. Um. So, if that's the case. I'll watch the last episode of Iron Fist season two and then get on board with a new Iron Fist project. Anyway, um, speaking of shows you thought were dead, things you thought were never happening. Apparently, um, James Gunn answered a fan on threads to confirm that the J.J. Abrams, ta Coates, Superman movie that was announced a long time ago isn't dead. Hmm. Uh, someone on threads asked James Gunn. He's very active on threads. If anyone is out there looking for the that up-to-date. Was, that was the platform he chose of choice. Seemingly. After the fallout of Twitter, uh, he has gone to threads. And you know what? I have too. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, it's not quite what Twitter, Twitter was, but it's 
closer than Blue Sky. Why why is Blue Sky still doing the gatekeepy invite code thing? Who knows? Like you need to let more people on that app. It's just not working out for you, Blue Sky. Anyway, uh, someone on threads asked JJ, uh, asked James Gunn, said, is that Abrams Superman Elseworld project still in development? And Gunn responded simply, yes. So this is a movie that was announced in 2001 under the old Warner Brothers regime, part of the like $500 million deal that JJ Abrams signed with Warner Brothers to produce shows and movies. And I don't think he made one thing. <laughs> um, I could be wrong, but I don't know. There was tons of rumors that he was jumping into DC stuff where he was going to do this Superman movie. He was going to do a justice league dark thing. None of that stuff happened. He was going to do a Constantine mm-hmm. thing. Nothing. Oh, that Constantine um, thing you were pretty pumped on too. I was pumped on all of it. Yeah. I would love to see a justice league dark thing. They're talking about a Madam Xanadu movie. Hell yeah. Abrams do it. I am in. You're not even directing it. You're producing it. Yes. Yeah. You pay that money. But, um, to my knowledge, he has produced nothing from that deal. So it's money well spent, Warner Brothers. Great job. Just throwing money at people that aren't giving you anything back. But anyway, um, in 2021, they announced that he was doing this movie um, that was going to be produced by J.J. Abrams, written by ta Coates, and featuring a black Superman. There's a number of um, multiverse characters that are Superman that are black. There's at least two that I can think of. Calvin Harris. I think is one name and the other one I can't think of right now. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's not, we all assumed, I guess, that it was dead when James Gunn and Peter Safran took over. But um, apparently not. Apparently it's still going. And um, I can see that. If Ta-Nehisi Coates has written it, then it's probably pretty good because he is a pretty good writer, I got to say. Yeah. Track record, oh, absolutely. pretty outstanding. So I think it's worth holding on to. I would love for... I think I said this last week. I would love to hear anything about any currently ongoing DC project. Uh, we're getting drops on Superman Legacy and stuff, but it's been a while since we've heard concrete stuff about most of the other projects <laughs> that he has going right. on. I know we know that he's writing Peacemaker Season 2. We know that uh, they're shooting Superman Legacy starts shooting in March. But, hey, what's going on with Brave and the Bold? What's going on with the Green Lantern series? What's going on with the Themyscira series? Come on, come on, John. I need it. Give me some <laughs> announcements, please. Yeah, I know. Please. Even comic related, uh, if if you know his track record is there with Black Panther, I haven't read his. He did uh, he did a cap series too for a bit. Yeah, which I heard was really good. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. Really good. Yeah. Yep. No, it's uh, I it I would hope it gets off the right ground, but you know, we'll see. I would love to see it. It seems it yeah. seems like Looks such awesome. a curveball. And it would be something so wildly different from any other Superman thing that we've ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah, bring it. I hope it works. I hope it works out. Speaking of things wildly different than anything we've ever seen. Oh, wait, no. The same as the last thing that was wildly different than anything we'd ever seen. What? We're getting Where Oscar nominations. Oscar nominations. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else with that, and I couldn't. I didn't know where I was going with that. <laughs> it worked much better in my head. Trust me. Oh, man. Hey, all you new listeners, thanks so much for, <laughs> if you've listened this far, if you didn't turn off after our immediate jump into the weeds about Jakku and its distance from Earth. Yeah, that either drew people in or sent them <laughs> running. <laughs> like, I already don't know what they're talking about. I'm out. Or, whoa, wow, they dove right in and I'm with them. <laughs> yeah. 
we got some Oscar nominations this week. Some expected, uh, some not. Yeah. A lot of people uh, talking snubs, talking um, movies that should have been uh, awarded or nominated, whatever. Obviously, we got a lot of stuff going to your Barbies, your Oppenheimers, your past lives, your anatomies of a falls, things like that. Um, not a whole lot of uh, genre stuff this year, I got to say. I feel like there have been years where, you know, either superhero stuff or action movies, you know, maybe we get a best supporting nod or we get a score. Yep. Something like that. Every once in a while, you get a Black Panther nominated for best picture or you know, Heath Ledger winning for Joker or something, but not quite this year. We did get a few in the world of nerdery. Best animated feature film. One of the nominees is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I think it is one of two films that will win that award. It's, I think it's uh, its biggest competition is a uh, Miyazaki film, uh, called The Boy and the Heron, which I've heard is uh, outstanding. Yes, I did hear that was great. I haven't seen it. I'm dying to see it. Um, but I think that's the only one that could possibly take the uh, statue from across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Also um, nominated were Nimona, uh, Robot Dreams, and Elemental. Elemental. Of yeah. those, I've seen Elemental, which was great. But Elemental was great. Yeah. Um, got a uh, nerdy nomination for Best Score. Uh, Mr. Goat himself, John Williams, for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, I've seen that movie twice. The score hasn't necessarily stuck out to me. Um, Seems like a John Williams score. Um, yeah, I feel like this is like, because it's possibly his last score, I feel like this is a, well, we have to nominate John Williams. Right. This, is like a tip, this is like a tip of the hat nomination. I don't necessarily think he's going to win, but I think it's like, let's honor him by at least nominating him for what could be the last film score he ever writes. Yeah, so also yeah. Uh, also nominated were... Uh, Driskin Fendricks for Poor Things, uh, Laura Karpman for American Fiction. Uh, people are familiar with Ludwig Göransson for Oppenheimer, yep. um, mm-hmm. Mister Mister Book of Boba Fett himself, and yep. then uh, Killers and of the Flower Black Moon. Panther. Oh yeah, and uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Robbie Robertson. Yeah, man, I kind of want Robertson to win. Yeah, them. it would it would be great. He passed away over the summer, but I love him. I love his music, and the, the music in that movie is dope. I still have great. not seen the movie. Um, it's on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, just it's finding um, the three hours that Oppenheimer still oh, is like. Oh, Steve, three and a half hours. Well, yeah, the flower moment. yeah, yeah. Um, but like I knew he was scored in that movie, and then in like the first scene, the when the music hits and the like the first time that you hear music in that movie, I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing! What is this?" And I shazammed it because it was yep. so good, and I was like. Oh yeah, Robbie Robertson. <laughs> I yeah, forgot. That explains it. That's that's why it's so good. Yep, it's great. Um, a couple of nerdy nods in the best sound category. Uh, the creator, which is a movie that I heard mixed things about, but uh, from all the trailers, I thought the FX looked incredible. So, um, might see that later also. But uh, apparently, also had very good sound. Uh, best sound also Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 hmm. which is a movie that I'm dying to see again haven't seen it since the theater want to watch it again for sure and best visual effects guess what the creator again I pretty much just gave that away um, as, all, as well as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 
Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and Godzilla minus one up for visual effects. That's a... This is visual effects on a budget of nothing. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I think... uh, I I can't call that. I I can't call that one at all. Like, I... I mean, to even have have that up against Guardians, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, and Napoleon, like, the budgets behind those... Yeah. It's just like how how are they holding their own? I know, I know. I, I haven't seen Napoleon. I can only look at the creator's effects by what I saw in the trailer, which again looked incredible. Yeah. Um Guardians looked a lot better than a lot of the other Marvel movies I've seen um in a long in long time. Mission Impossible always great. I I, I don't think it's gonna go to Mission Impossible. If I had to say I'd think it would probably be between again, I haven't seen Napoleon. Um but uh I don't know, maybe the creator and Godzilla. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be my guess. Maybe yeah. Guardians. I think it's between those three. Yeah, I mean, just thinking, like, Guardians, you're looking at a $250 million budget. Dead Reckoning, you're looking at uh, $291. Jeez. Napoleon, uh, 200 And then um, the, what is it, the uh, creator was $80 million. And then you have Godzilla yeah. minus one at 10 to $15 million. I know. Yeah, that's probably the reason that I feel like it's going to go to Godzilla or it should go to Godzilla. Cause yeah, that, like how do you do this on a shoestring? <laughs> the creator even being only 80 million, like that's nothing oh, for yeah. the way that movie looks. Yeah, the way that movie looks. Like I, I've heard it's not the best movie, but it looks so good. So good from the trailer. So, yeah. Um, so we shall see. Um, this is all uh, keep in mind when we're talking about awards on this show. Steve and I know and you should all know, too. They're meaningless. They don't mean anything. No, uh, a movie winning an award versus losing an award or not even getting nominated for an award should not dictate whether or not you love that movie. Uh, if you love a movie, you just love it. It doesn't matter if other people love it or if it gets nominated for anything. Awards are silly. They don't mean anything. But something fun to talk about. Um, I will be out of town. Um, I think the uh, Oscars are... Early March, March uh, 10th or something, 9th or 10th. It's like yeah, the Sunday, like second Sunday in March. I'll be out of town, so I won't be able to watch them. Um, and I wasn't able to watch them last year for the same reason, which is a bummer. But um, I'll definitely be uh, anxiously reading the winners the next morning for sure. Absolutely. All right, Steve. I have a comic to review. It's not the one that you thought it was going to be. I didn't stop in a funky town to pick one up because I didn't have time. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first with a mystery book that you weren't expecting? Fire away, man. Steve, I am reading a book from the Sandman universe called John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America. Okay. It's a book that I purchased uh, a week ago, I believe. It's a relatively new release. Um. It is written by Simon Spurrier with art by Aaron Campbell, Jordi Belair on colors, and Adita Bikar as the letterer. Um, I'm a big fan. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Simon Spurrier always puts out solid work. Yeah, for sure. And I like that's a name that I had seen before or read before, but I don't, I can't think of something else that I've read by uh, Simon Spurrier, but I knew the name. And I'm a big fan of 
uh, dark mysticism and weird magic in my mm-hmm. superhero books. And uh, therefore, I'm a fan of Mr. John Constantine. And um, a title like Dead in America was too good for me to pass up. So I picked it up. Uh, it's great. I thought it was excellent. It's pretty much everything you want. It seems like a continuation of um, his other series. I know there was a Hellblazer series going for a while, so maybe it's a continuation of that, or if there was another John Constantine mini that I missed. Uh, um, he did a he... prior John Constantine Hellblazer back in 2019. Okay, yeah. Maybe it's a continuation of that. Because it uh, introduces me to characters that I've never seen before, but clearly are familiar to the to the character of John Constantine and probably to readers of that other series. Um, one of which seems to be his biological son. I didn't know was a thing. Hmm. And uh, I don't think that character knows that he's, he is John's biological son, but John knows uh, that it's his biological son. We get um, a couple cool cameos from big characters that you want. I mean, if you're going to be writing some Sandman universe, then you're going to want a little, uh, cameo from dream himself mr morpheus right there uh referencing the first time dream met john constantine when uh dream was looking for his pouch of magical sand and the sandman uh apparently uh john told a little bit of lie about that and morpheus is not too happy about that won't spoil anything um but they're trying to hide out they're in america they're trying to hide out uh from something that's chasing them and at the end uh, it sets up. It makes me want to read the next one because um, another character that John Constantine is uh, affiliated with, uh, he goes to seek help from. And um, I don't know if you listen to this podcast or you talk to me about comics, you know that I'm a big fan of, of the Swamp Thing. So uh, I think it's gonna that little, there's a little bit of a tease at the end that's gonna make me buy uh, issue two <laughs> for sure. Whenever that's out, there you go. So, um, yeah, Cyspreyer, I think I first ran into him when he was writing Dr. Afra. Uh, oh, okay. So he took okay. over, he took over Dr. Afra after right. Kieran Gillen. I think Kieran Gillen left like maybe in the teens or right around 20 of the yeah. original Afra run. And Spurrier took that over. He's done a bunch of X books. Um, he did uh, way of that. He, he does a, he writes a very good Nightcrawler. Oh, cool. Um, did way of X did uh, uncanny spider-man um, the sins of sinister nightcrawlers. I, that was its own animal, but um, there was uh, I think another one of the, another one of the books in that uh, vein uh, that he did. But um, then he also was the one that helmed that X-Men blue origins, the rewriting of nightcrawlers oh, yeah. origin story. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that was just a masterful weaving of that, uh, of that addition to how how Kurt became or came to be, yeah, and, um, you just like just talked about that recently. Yeah, so. yeah, that came out I think November ish. Um, yeah. Yep, November twenty three. Uh, but he uh, he's he's been doing a pretty pretty solid job. He's also writing the Flash currently. Oh, okay. Then I have read. Okay, I've read a couple issues that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's him and uh, Diodato. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. Well, I am very excited to find out what comic I was supposed to review this week that well, I didn't get to review because I didn't go in to pick it up. Sir, you were supposed to review Batman Superman World's Finest Annual. Oh, no way. I would have loved to. Re- <laughs> oh, man. So instead, Come I got on. it as the right. non-DC guy. Um, 
I can say right off the bat, uh, so this book, uh, you know, as you can imagine with an annual, it's a ton, a ton of creatives on it. Um, oh, cool. Uh, I'm going to have to it's, Google and pull up who is actually in it because uh, there's so it's many. still a Dan Mora cover, though. It looked like it. The same yeah, it looks the like. series artist is Dan Mora, and he is that That looks so Mora. good. So Mora yeah. also was the artist on uh, Once in Future, which had me hooked on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, it's, they did a damn good job with the varying the, the art in it. But um, so the... <laughs> To run the list of writers, uh, Mark Wade, of course. Yeah, uh, he's I believe he's helming the Batman Superman yeah, World's Finest series too, right? Series writer, yeah. Uh, Colin Bunn, Chris Cantwell, Stephanie Williams, uh, Jorge Fornes on art, uh, Rosie Campe and Edwin Gelman. Um, Hell yeah, Mora on the cover as you mentioned. Um, it's uh, so the first, uh, the first care the first uh, short kind of. Uh, lost me completely. Mark okay. Mark Wade helming a. Uh, I mean, the art is awesome. There are various things that look cool as hell, but it's like it, it just wasn't my cup of tea. It was sure. not not what I was looking for. But it was uh, all all of the mites. Uh, <laughs> all whole, the mites. Whole story uh, from the fifth dimension. Oh, that's um, cool. About all of the mites. Like I once I got <laughs> into it, I was like, okay, this is it's it's fine. Like it's, it's a fun little, little romp, but again, this is me coming from having no idea. Right. Characterization of like, this is the worst book to give me without having (laughs) you to guide me through it Yeah. because I have no context on any of this stuff of like, you know, Hawkman punching Aquaman or Hawk, Hawkmite punching Aquamite. Punching Aquamite. That's funny. I didn't, I mean, I, what (laughs) to my knowledge, I mean, maybe it's been hinted that all these characters have their own might. It's been Batmite. Batmite's like the biggest one. Oh yeah, no, they and all then, like there's a Joker might and like all yeah, sorts. Yeah, yeah, of... yeah. I don't know that any of them have made appearances in main continuity. Besides, is there a Nightwing might? Because Night Night might. We got a Night might in the Tom Taylor run. Uh, I do not see Tiny Dick. Okay. That <laughs> phrasing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, but like, oh, there goes uh, that PG thirteen tag. <laughs> I assume, uh, Mister. Oh Mixed nope, Plitalik. there's one. Okay. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Um. Oh no, yeah, that, was, fifth, that was a DC lantern. Comics. The the fifth dimension in DC Comics is just full of like annoying little. Uh, yeah, it's um, just wacky imps. Yeah. Yeah. There's a mini metamorpho. It looks like. So was the but okay, but was there a story that you did enjoy that didn't completely lose? Oh you? yeah, that one. I mean, that one. Once I got into it, was fine. Uh, oh, okay. The the metamorpho story was awesome. Oh, cool! Um, I had no idea about the character in any way, shape, or form, but um, you know, it, oh, nice, yeah, yeah, decent. Art, like the art, it's fitting for what I expected out of a book. Uh, in that in that vein, you know, splash pages and all. Um, oh, wow! Yeah, that's cool. Uh, well done. You know, through the whole thing, there's a couple other uh stories that are, um. You know, they they there's a Bumblebee story. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, like that was fine. Uh, again, another character I had zero context on. So it say, was like, it's 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 cool that it seems. I mean, a book that's called Batman Superman World's Finest, 
and you know there's a metamorpho story and a bumblebee story like those are like lower level characters for sure but it's cool that they're being given the time you know yep yeah no it's uh overall it was a solid like especially if you're you know tied into dc stuff i'd sure i'd assume you got you would have gotten more enjoyment out of it than i did but also like it was solid like it it definitely it was uh, it's not like i can give it an a plus or anything but it was a solid read cool that's cool awesome so i'm gonna Uh, speak of solid reads because i know both of us read way too many books this week but uh uh i'll let uh, i'll let you lead it off on what happened okay sure uh well i didn't read too many single issues i know um uh new listeners should tell you that steve has uh pledged that he will in the year 2024 he will read 1000 comic books which is a crazy thing a crazy thing to do and as of right now january the 28th i'm within i'm within four of my target well okay well four of being on track i'm like four behind but i've had a couple of days that have been i have and flow right around the number i'm I'm getting to catch up better catch up my friend (laughs) Um, so we'll be getting an update from him in a second. I, I didn't read any, um, single issues besides the John Constantine. Um, what I did do is I finished, um, Invisible Kingdom by G. Willow Wilson and Christian Ward, uh, which is a book that I started reading in preparation for our interview, our aforementioned interview with G. Willow Wilson, which we ran out of time to actually talk to her about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great. That's a great series. Um, I was saying to Steve before we started, it's kind of like uh, it's very Star Warsy. It's very like space fantasy esque. Uh, deals with corruption in um, you know all systems, all big corporate systems of things that we're supposed to trust and that we're told to trust. Yeah. Guess what? There's corruption in all of those things. Just kind of like real life. Kind of like real life. Who would have thought? Um, but this takes place in you know space. That's really cool. Um, highly endorse that. I finally started the final volume of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, which is great. And it's just just bananas, wild and crazy. Um, it's traveling the cosmos. Um, it's crazy. That's all I can say about it. It's great if you love... Uh, Steve, if, if you, uh, you know, throughout your year, if you uh, get real... If you're looking for uh, other things to read, if yep. you're trying to get your hands on other stuff, I will gladly volunteer you Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run or any okay. any amount of it that you would like. It's very worth a read. Um, so good. Um, my big recommendation that I had started reading this in single issues and I fell off, like I missed an issue, so I was out of it. But I told my wife the mere concept of this series... And she couldn't stop thinking about it so much so um, that she just kept telling me, she's like, you know what? I keep thinking about that comic you told me about. I can't stop thinking about it. I really want to know what happens, how it ends. Sorry. I got her the collected edition for Christmas and she read it before me. And I finally read it this weekend. Charles Soule and Ryan Brown, 8 billion genies. Do you remember talking about that? Yeah. How, how was it? Dude, it was great. It was really, really good. The uh, The concept of it is that out of nowhere, on a random day, pop out of the blue, everyone on Earth, all 8 billion people on Earth, get it, get their own personal genie that will grant them one wish. Hmm. And as you can imagine, the all hell breaks loose very quickly. <laughs> and 
the book does a really cool thing where it keeps track of, um, you know, eight minutes later, right? Eight hours later, eight days later, eight weeks later, okay. eight months later, eight sweet. years later, eight decades later. Like it just keeps going yep. into the future. And like it goes way farther than I ever would have expected. And it must have been such a hard book to write and to like comprehend. There's like a whole lot of like world building you have to do and rules you have to set for yourself. Um, Like the genies have their own rules and you know, what rules can be broken, what rules can't be broken. Um, What if this person wishes for this and this other person wishes for the opposite of that? Like, how does that work? Right. It's so much to like keep in mind and keep track of. Um, But they, uh, did it excellently with flying colors and a great, definitely like land of the plane at the end of the book. It's not a kind of thing. It doesn't give you like a lame cliffhanger ending or a ambiguous ending. It just, I mean, it's, I guess it's a little bit ambiguous, but they explain so much and the way it just, it's just great. Uh, it's, I, I would recommend it. It's the whole series is out now. 8 billion genies, um, Charles okay. soul and Ryan Brown. The art's great the whole time. Really, uh, lots of twists and turns, things you don't expect, characters that you fall in love with, and you know, your heart gets broken every once in a while too. <laughs> you know, it's a bummer, but um, you know, I love a story that isn't afraid to go far, and in this way, like it goes far into the future. It pushes their character, like characters start yeah. out one way and they end out radically different because of things they've experienced or seen or whatever, and you know, long and winding paths with lots of twists and turns. And, you know, again, we're talking about decades into the future that we go, but right. maybe some of those characters might stick around. Cause if you say, I wish to be immortal, then maybe you're still going to be there at the end of the book. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. a way to keep characters around. It's really good. I um, highly recommend it. 8 billion genies. Check it out. Huh? That's so what's my, a, that's been on my list for a long time at this point. Yeah. It's um, worth it. The whole series is out now. It's, I got a, I got my wife a nice hardcover version uh, for Christmas, and I'm sure it's in paperback as well. So check nice. it out. Check it out. Steve? Well, you got a highlight from your uh, highlight of from your week of comic reading? No, I uh, I, I have a very varied uh, week of comic book reading. Uh, started off, well, I guess in chronological, uh, started off with uh, Superiors, or the Superior Spider Man Returns. Sure. Dance Lot and Mark Bagley. Um, yeah. And then thought about, oh, I should go back and read the original Superior Spider-Man. There you go. So fired up Marvel Unlimited and uh, started off on one through three of actually one through four at this point. So, wow, I should probably update the spreadsheet because uh, should. things are keep track. You know, that is uh, I guess I'm I'm back closer to where I thought I was seeing. There you go. I'm only two off, Mike. Keep those numbers accurate, Steve. Um, so, yeah. Either way, uh, Superior Spider-Man, uh, dance a lot with Ryan Stegman art because Ryan Stegman art is always Dope. good art. Um, yeah. And then a book I know you're intrigued about, or if you're not, you should be, uh, the comic adaptation of Thrawn Alliances. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, uh, we talked about that last week. Yeah, so they did a damn good job of that. Uh, oh, cool. So Timothy Zahn and Jody Hauser are working on the writing for it. Uh, oh, and then I didn't be- know he was involved in it. I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah, and he was with and the original. Jody Hauser's too. great too. Jeez, yep. wow. Uh, and then on art is uh, Pat Olaf and Andrea Devito. Uh, 
Um, so basically you have two different time periods. Oh, cool. So I think I've mentioned before the Thrawn Alliance's novel was, uh, a juxtaposition of Thrawn and Anakin with Thrawn and, right. uh, Vader. Vader. And, uh, I didn't pick it up the first time because I hadn't been there before, but take a wild stab at where some of this takes place. You're going there in a month. Batu? Yeah. Black Spider <laughs> Outpost. No way, really? Yep. <laughs> yep. So wait, wait. So you're telling the so this the comic series is an adapt adaptation of the original novel. You're telling me events of the original novel took place at Black Spire Outpost? And I never put it together wow. because I hadn't been there or cared about it at all. So Wow. Yeah. yeah. I was all always under the impression that Disney created the idea of Black Spire Outpost so they could build a theme park there. But they so took they it did, from an actual but place. Then they, no, they did. But then they used that in this Alliances. Oh, oh okay, okay. So Alliances yeah. is, is 2018. You, the, Alliance is the most recent one. Okay. Yeah, yeah Alliance is the, like the original oh, no, trilogy or whatever no, no. from a long time ago. Yeah, okay. this is the, okay. the 2018 uh, novel, Thrawn Alliances. So. Well, that's still cool. That's still cool. Yeah. That's that, uh, tied in. So, yeah, because Galaxy's Edge opened when? Mm, 20? 20... No. Opened in 2019. No, no, before that. Yeah, yeah before pandemic. Yeah, so the book came out before that. Wow. So it was definitely something that was thrown in as a... Uh, plotted out, yeah. Yeah, they they thought about that one. But yeah. at Good the time, I it, again, it wasn't a thing, so I didn't even think about it. Um, absolute killer book and probably highlight of the week was Resurrection of Magneto. Oh, no way. An awesome storm story. Um, oh, so, yeah, you sent me that screenshot from it. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. it was killer. There's one, what I, what Mike's talking about is there's, uh, one frame in the Luciano Vecchio art where it, it is the, it's like a, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like back to back to back to back, all the iterations of Storm over the years, like all the main or costumes that Storm has used. Stuff. like yeah, the mohawk great. and the white yeah. and the like it was all of the little like nuances and changes um all in like this stop motion kind of uh yeah spread spread thing and it was it was just absolutely beautiful uh l ewing on the the writing on that so again gonna be gonna be killer For sure. um x-force volume six ben percy and robert gill fine they're setting up some things in x-force i'm hit or miss on ben percy but at this point yeah. i'm following it so i'm following it uh ghost machine from idw oh yeah i i thought saw you read that yeah i don't know what i read huh interesting yeah i <laughs> okay. more to, more to come there but i don't i don't know what i read uh okay. continued uh the rest of the claremont run or the rest of the first trade of the claremont run through issue 100 uh and then started back up strange adventures Oh, good man! So we're uh, we're on the Tom King and Mitch Jarrett's train, and uh, is, was Doc Shaner on the alternate there? Yep, yep, yep. Doc so. Shaner. That's another one. I been I got a hardcover copy of Strange Adventures when that came out. Yep, that collection came out. Read it, loved it, and I gave it to my wife to read. It sat on her nightstand for maybe a year. Yeah, <laughs> and she finally picked it up. 
um, a few days ago and she <laughs> like, read wow, the this entire is good. thing. In, she read the entire thing in like three hours. Oh yeah. Like she just sat down, like our son was like play, out playing with friends or whatever. She just cover to cover, read the entire thing. That's awesome. And knocked her out. It's so good. She couldn't. Yeah. Was, once, and it wasn't, once you it wasn't like, that, that's what I did w- with Miss Miracle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like her being like, I just got to get through this. It was her like, I can't put this down. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yep. just so good. Absolutely. Huge recommendation for me for sure. Um, Cool. Well, this week in your local comic book store, you may find Alan Scott, Green Lantern, number four, American Psycho, number three, Avengers Twilight, number two, Batman, number 428, Batman and Robin, 224, 224, sorry, 2024 annual, Batman Superman World's Finest, the aforementioned 2024 annual, which I... Uh, wish I had read Carnage number three, Coda number five, Dead X Men number one, interesting title, Duke mm-hmm. number two, G.I. Joe Universe, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer number five, Incredible Hulk number eight, Lilo and Stitch number one, Local Man number nine, Marvel's Voices Legends number one, Miguel O'Hara Spider Man 2099 number five, Moon Man number one, Power Girl Uncovered number one, Spider Boy number three. Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number 40, Titans, Beast World, 6, World Tree, number 7, and Wolverine, 42. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is issue 2 of the Sabretooth War. That's right. I keep forgetting that it's Sabretooth War time. I should go in and see if I can get those back issues. Or wait for the trade. Mm, I don't we'll know. See. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Steve, what are you adding to your uh, your 1,000 comics list from this list this week anything uh hulk 8 because sure hulk yeah. 8 um that's that one's still carrying me man it's it's solid on board uh world tree 7 uh duke 2 cool because the energy gun stuff is just great uh yeah. and dead x-men because dead x-men um so that if anybody doesn't know that lineup for dead x-men is Dazzler, Jubilee, Frenzy, Prodigy, and Cannonball. Wow. So what a lineup. That'll be an interesting uh wow. it, quite the interesting uh run there. So Steve Four. Fox sure. uh writing it and then Bernard Chang and uh, uh Jonas Sharf on art. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I cool. I'm, I have no idea what to expect, so I'm quite quite uh looking forward to that. Yeah. How about you? Anything jumping at you there? Um, I don't know. Oh, Avengers um, Twilight 2? I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, I say, you that first one absolutely slapped. Yeah, you love that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I love the title Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, but I haven't read issues one through four, so I can't imagine <laughs> I'm going to jump in with five. Um, I don't know. World Tree's real good, but I got the trade of the first one, so I may wait until... I get another trade. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to be getting any, you know, maybe the Batman Robin annual because I know I've been off of Batman stuff, but I do kind of miss jumping in. You know, I like sticking my toe into the Batman world every once in a while. And it's an annual. So it'd be kind of a one shot. See, but your um, problem with Batman is my problem with X-Men. Once you step your toe in, you're like, oh yeah. Oh, and the, the, there's that. And oh, maybe there's that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But like the Zadarsky stuff is what turned me off to the mainline Batman. Yeah. But I think is it Williamson that's still writing Batman and Robin? So like, you know, it might be a different yeah. flavor. It might be a flavor that agrees with me more. I also, uh, I got a soft spot for Power Girl. 
and uh power i don't know what power girl uncovered is if it's a one shot or what i think it's i think it is a one shot but um i might grab that if it is a one shot just because um I'm power girl's a weird character where i like is. what's that i said i'm googling oh. to figure out who power girl is um power girl is a character who is uh on purpose or created on purposely sorry i can't speak purposely created with um gigantic breasts and um the creators of that character i think tried to um just make that a defining part of her character and it actually has continued um i think there's always like so attempts weird. to rewrite her in a way uh where she is you know that's less of a focus especially in like the last 10 years or so there's been like a real like let's try to figure out what we should actually do with this character she was i mean she's a kind of a big character she was a part of the justice league international like she's been on big teams and in big storylines but right i feel like they they always try to launch give her a solo series and it works for a little bit and then it falls off and she never like really catches fire the way that um i think dc wants her to um but i've read some stuff from her that i really like i think she's cool. she, she's like a she's part of the superman family yeah and she's one of these characters that has a convoluted origin that's been rewritten and rebooted like five different times so you don't know which one is the right one right what you know um but uh i don't know i got a soft spot for her character i think she's because she's like she's superman ish or supergirl ish but she's like a little bit removed from the rest of the uh family gotcha it's kind of like the, she's like the black sheep of the superman family so i don't know i right. kind of got a soft spot for her. and if it's a one shot i can do a one shot i'm not gonna dive into a full series but huh. who knows uh speaking of one shots we got two one shots for you to wrap up this show tonight steve i gave you the first one uh, absolutely don't mind uh crushing that real quick yeah you give me a one shot about something i keep forgetting about part one of dude me uh, too <laughs> me too so part one is currently available, but part two of Invincible season two will begin airing on Prime Video March 14th. Yeah. Maybe I should watch the first part before I watch the second part. Um, Probably me too. I've heard nothing but awesome things because, yeah. well, it's Invincible. And if the first season was anything to go off of, I believe that was my one, one of my superlatives for two years ago. It was. Uh, yeah. Like season two is going to be amazing. So the first four episodes of season two were released in November. Uh, still available for streaming, as mentioned, uh, as is the Adam Eve special. Still haven't watched that. That came out this year, last summer. I know, I'm the worst. Yeah. The worst. Uh, the show's been renewed for a third season, which, according to Robert Kirkman, the creator, is, quote-unquote, very far along. That's good. Yeah. We had to wait, like, two years in between season one and season two, or right. over that, maybe. So, glad to know season three is not that far away. And, yeah, I got to get on that invisible invincible mm-hmm. stuff too especially lately i feel like lately you know um i feel i'm i'm walking around my house at night being like oh i don't have anything to watch i don't there's nothing i can just like yo invincible sit right there what's yeah. wrong with me fire it up uh last little bit of uh one shot news for the night the marvels coming to disney plus on february 7th right around the corner they just announced this is the streaming date for the marvels um, despite mixed to positive reviews, movie didn't fare too well at the box office. But um, if you were like me, one of the people that did not, I wanted to see it in the theater. I did not get a chance to. I did. Um, you did. You thought it was fun. You thought it was good. Yeah. Wasn't yeah, wasn't gonna get nominated for the Oscars, but 
Sure. Was fine. Was a yeah. popcorny good time. That's all I'm looking for. Um, also going to be available on uh, 4K and Blu-ray on February 13th. It's weird that why is the streaming date prior to the physical? I, they I started like they want, doing that, I think. I know. It makes like, no sense if, to me, but if you want people to buy money or spend money, yeah, then you should do the Blu-ray stuff first. Anyway, whatever. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to watch it when it's out for sure. Cause like the reason that I couldn't get to see it is that my wife really wants to see it. And her schedule was mm-hmm. once busier than mine uh, while that was coming out. So we didn't get a chance to go see it. So, but we'll definitely be watching it when it hits Disney plus. Um, unfortunately I got to say the post credit scene of this movie has been spoiled for me. And it's been spoiled for me just because I'm a person that yeah. looks online at things and talks about things in this nerd verse. Um, and I got to say, I don't know if it speaks to the reception that this movie got or it speaks to the overall just state of the MCU where people are less invested or care less. But like, I can't believe that that happened in a post credit scene of a Marvel movie. That character showed up. And it wasn't completely all over the place. How was that not the only thing anybody was talking about? I feel like if that happened five years ago, it would have been the only thing anybody was talking about. And it just like glided by with nothing, like no fanfare at all. Was that possible? I don't get it. I don't get it. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what that speaks to. If it's a failing of the movie or a failing of the MCU whatever but here we are i'm not going to spoil what it is but watch that post-credit scene people watch that post-credit scene because i don't know what happens in it i just know a character is in it that's all i know but it seems like a pretty big deal to me absolutely but i think with that it's a little after 11 o'clock steve and i think that's all i got for this week i think that's all we both have mike well then let's wrap this puppy up all right well, in doing so, y'all should check out our social feeds, uh, do. threads, blue sky, wherever you feel like getting a hold of us. Um, Facebook, Instagram, I, I don't care. Just talk to us wherever you feel like. Uh, the multiverse gmail.com is our email address. The multiverse report.com is our website that you can, well, it's a link tree. You figure it out. Uh, there's yeah. links. It's a link tree. Do it. Um, yeah. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you could. It'd be much appreciated. Five stars if you could. We'll, uh, we'll. I, I think Mike and I have bandied about a potential contest for any five star reviewers, and uh, maybe we'll do it like next month or something. But hey, contest or not, you leave us a five star review. We're reading on in this podcast. Oh, we're yeah. reading it on the air. It Absolutely. could just be like a. It doesn't have to be about how much you like the show. You leave five stars, and you just want to like. You could put like a recipe for like. A pizza dip or something we'll read it yeah. on the show and you then know, whatever you want us it. to read unless Hell, it's if like you, if you, you do know. that i will make the pizza dip and eat it on the show oh yeah let's do that yeah <laughs> give us five star reviews with your favorite recipes we'll make them and eat them while we're your doing. favorite snack food recipes we will munch on during the show <laughs> hard promise this is a hard promise oh, multi report listeners if you leave us a five-star review with a recipe a legitimate recipe, not just like shit sandwich or whatever. Yeah, that we a will not A legitimate recipe. We're not going to do that. We will make it and we will eat it while we are doing the podcast. Yes. And we'll shout you out the whole time. 
preferably snack so, food of some sort rather than, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't need a five course <laughs> meal at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. Or even like chicken cordon blue or some shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm talking about. I love my Daisy chicken catchatory with my <laughs> thousand comics update. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be really funny, though. That would be, That'd great. be really funny. <laughs> Okay, there it is, folks. There it is. Give us a five-star <laughs> review with a recipe. We'll eat it while we're talking. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, please do that. What other incentive do you need, really? No. What else do you need? That's got to be it. That should be it. That should be it. Um. So, yeah, all that stuff Steve said. Find us. We're on Threads. We're on Blue Sky. We're on Instagram. Go listen to our interview with G. Willow Wilson. We talked to her. G. Willow Wilson. One yep. of the best comic book writers working today yep. or ever. Came on, hung she out with us for a bit. She talked to us. It was fun. It was Great so time. fun. I still like, I look at, uh, you know, I, I posted a clip of us talking to her on our socials. And it comes up and I look at it and I'm like, I can't believe that that's me talking to G. Willow Wilson. That's G. Willow Wilson. And I'm we're having a conversation. <laughs> me and my friend Steve are talking to her. That's crazy. Yep. I still can't believe that I got to talk to her. Uh, so good. So watch that, watch it, listen to it, what have you, please do that. Um, and, uh, we'll see you next week. I may, it may not be Sunday. I'm going to be out of town this weekend again. Yeah. Monday. It might be Monday. We'll keep you, uh, posted on it, but until next time, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the multiverse.